we know that cancer affects one in every two males in the U.S. and mm-hmm. one of every three females. And some uh, big organizations, maybe like the American Cancer Society, National Cancer Institute, some of them are predicting by that by the 2030, which is not far away, everyone in the U.S. will have cancer sometime in their lifetime. Uh, so we really, really have to take matters into our own hand and uh, and really be proactive. Welcome to the I Am Healing Strong podcast. My name is Jim Mann, along with... Allie Powell. Today, I am excited about this because uh, I've been wanting to talk to him since I saw him at the convention back in 2018. You were just a child at the time. I know who it is. I know. I know. Dr. Tony. Ah, you can see him standing to my right. If I still had cancer, which I'm not planning on having, but, uh, you know, if if it were ever to return, if it, like, missed me and wanted to come back. Jim, this um, is a serious conversation. It is. I'm serious about it. We don't joke about cancer. I can joke about my cancer, just not someone else's. Okay. But if it were to come back, I, that's where I, I'm going to go to the uh, Hope for Cancer. That's my plan anyway. And you're uh, going to go done, see him. Yeah, it's done in Mexico, Doctor Tony. He you just want to go vacation in Mexico? I do. Well, I'd go to Cancun. That's not too shabby. Yeah. But go there and get healthy and enjoy God's creation at the same time. The guy, the guy is brilliant. In fact, he was the reason why I thought, okay, this is faith-based because, you know, he brought up uh, all of his uh, patients that were there, yeah, and, which was a bunch of them, and they came up on stage and they played the music, uh, no longer, no longer a slave. Oh yeah, the fear. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is just full-blown a Christian organization. Yep, I was You're excited. Right. I was very excited. I said, hey, I'm going to go down there if I ever get sick again. Nice. Well, let's hope you don't have to. Uh, Yeah, well, I appreciate that. But if I do, we're like best friends now, me and Dr. Tony. Besties. Well, let's hear from him. All right, here he is. I'm excited about this podcast today. I'm talking to Dr. Tony, who is uh, known for the Hope for Cancer Center in Tijuana and Cancun. How you doing, Dr. Tony? I'm great, Jim. I'm so happy to be here with you and all the listeners. Yeah, well, let me let me tell you personally how I know about you. I had a diagnosis of cancer back in uh, 2016, and of course, like everybody else, you go to Doctor Google, find out what's this about. Of course, Google told me I wasn't going to live too long. Uh, then I came across Chris Wark and his programs, and of course, once you go through Chris Wark, then you find out about Healing Strong. Found out they were having a convention or a conference in Atlanta which I'm about two hours away from that. This was 2018 by the time I came across that. And I came there. I did not know it was faith-based. And so I'm, I'm sitting there up in the up in the cheap seats. And I, I was just overwhelmed by like, man, everyone keeps talking about God and praying. This is fantastic. And then you came up. You, I, I'm telling you, you were the highlight of the conference for me. It, and the whole thing was fantastic. But you obviously know your stuff. You are very smart with what you're talking about, but you also made sense to me, which normally doctors don't make sense to me, but you made a lot of sense. You were smart, you were humble, and then you brought up your patience. You played the song, No Longer Slaves, and I was, I was sold right there. I felt hope <laughs> at that point <laughs> on. Just want to let you know that. I didn't get to meet you while you're there, but 
I was just totally blown away by that. And so I, I was encouraged and uh, my story kind of took a turn right there. So thank you for that. Well, if I could interject, Jim, thank you for that. Uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, all that was just led by the Lord because none of that was really scripted. I, of course, I knew that there were some of our patients there, but it just happened at the moment. You know, the Lord just guided me into that, that, uh, that, to happen in the way it did. And it was so powerful. I'll never forget that uh, event for sure. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. I was, can't wait for the next one, whenever that is. Of course, we have the 10-year celebration for Healing Strong coming up in September in uh, Houston. So I'm looking forward to that. But let me find out more about you now. Where did you start out? I mean, where did you grow up and what guided your life to be who you are today rather than a carpenter or a violinist in an orchestra or something. <laughs> well, if you know my musical talent, violinist was not one of them. <laughs> that was not a possibility ever. <laughs> but okay. interestingly, I was uh, born in Colombia, South America. And when I was uh, five years old, my parents uh, moved to New Jersey, of all places, Patterson, New Jersey. And that's where I grew up. That's where I went up to my high school. Then I went to Seton Hall University there in New Jersey. And then I transferred to the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas, where I did my undergraduate degree. Uh, and at that point, I thought I knew what I was going to do, Jim. I thought I was going to go to Oxford, and that's where I got accepted to medical school. And I was going to be a surgeon. But uh, the Lord had another plan for me. Three months prior to going to Oxford, he closed that door. And at that time, I had to think of what am I going to do now? I haven't uh, applied for any med schools in the U.S. because I wanted to go to Oxford. And so I started looking for my best option overseas. And that happened to be the university in, uh, in Guadalajara, Mexico, the med school there. And uh, the office was in San Antonio, Texas. I went there, took all my documents, my grades, you know, they interviewed me and I got accepted to uh, the Autonomous University of Guadalajara, Mexico. And that's where I did my uh, medical training. And, um, and then the Lord just directed me in the area of oncology, integrative oncology, when my dad, uh, who now lived in the Houston, Texas area, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he went to the famous hospital there in Houston. He didn't like what they had to offer. They gave him one Lupron injection, which is a hormone blocker for those with prostate cancer, sometimes used in breast cancer as well. Uh, but it made him feel terrible. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know any of this was happening. You know, sometimes a Hispanic Latin family, they keep things away from their kids so that the kids don't worry, right? So <laughs> finally, he told me, he called me. And he said, son, I was just, you know, diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, and this is what I did, and I, I just can't do that, so can you help me? And that was a turning point in my career that led me to work in integrative oncology, and now it's been over 30-plus years, and the Hope for Cancer Center in Tijuana opened in the year 2000, and uh, so we'll be celebrating 23 years uh, later on uh, this year. And the Cancun Center opened in 2015. Uh, so it's been quite a blessing. We have patients from literally all over the world. And uh, it was also a prophecy 
that the Lord gave me in a little church uh, in Pasadena, Texas, way back. But uh, yeah, this uh, God has fulfilled this prophecy, I believe, and it's in being fulfilled every day with confirmations of what the prophetic word that was given to me at that small church in Pasadena uh, many years ago. Wow, that's incredible. You said you wanted to be a surgeon originally? Yes, and I was actually trained as a medical surgeon in Guadalajara, uh, but then, you know, that's when the thing shifted when my dad uh, uh, came to me with the diagnosis of prostate cancer. Yeah, I was looking on your website. If I could just talk about all your education and the things that you're involved in and all the things that you've accomplished, it would take up the whole podcast. So I don't, I don't want to do that. Some people, I can just say three things and that's that's it, but you're like, you're very accomplished. Let me put it that way. People need to go to hopeforcancer.com and find out more about you if they're not familiar with you. But just about everybody I've talked to in the cancer community, which no one wants to be a part of the cancer community until you have cancer, then all of a sudden you don't have a choice, but you're in there. Just about everybody knows about hope for cancer. And then after hearing you talk about it uh, at that convention, that uh, conference, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's great. This Cancer. Right now, I'm cancer-free. I have no trace of cancer, according to scans, which is, you know, I kind of like that. I don't miss the cancer. But uh, I thought, man, hope for cancer is my next target if if it ever comes back. We don't want that to happen, Jim. And I right. congratulate you on stepping outside the box because we know that there's more than just chemo, radiation, surgery, and immunotherapy. And uh, I always say that cancer is not a thing that you just cut out and that's it. It's gone. It's a process. And right. yes, surgery may be part of that process. You mentioned Chris Ward. He did have surgery for his colon cancer, but then he did everything else that uh, we know about, you know, the diet and lifestyle changes and so forth. So at Hope for Cancer, 40% of our patients are breast cancer patients. So, mm. you know, any of uh, the listeners on here that have a... Um, this issue with uh, this breast cancer, you know, we see it a lot, so so much now that uh, we need to be proactive and more so now in 2023 where, you know, there's more toxicity at all levels from emotional to nutritional to the toxicity from EMFs, aluminum, uh, glyphosate, you know, it just goes on and on. So the message here is to be proactive uh, we know that cancer affects one in every two males in the U.S. and one of every three females. And some uh, big organizations, maybe like the American Cancer Society, National Cancer Institute, some of them are predicting by that by the 2030, which is not far away, everyone in the U.S. will have cancer sometime in their lifetime. Uh, so we really, really have to take matters into our own hand and uh, and really be proactive. Well, with my situation back in 2016, I was diagnosed with uh, with melanoma, and oh. I, I don't know if it's a local thing where they have the PT one through PT four. Is that a, a typical medical thing where you measure how bad off your melanoma is? Yes, the depth of that lesion is very important in melanoma, and uh, the I really congratulate you and praise God for your health and healing because melanoma is one of those cancers that could go anywhere and everywhere. 
And uh, it's oftentimes unpredictable when it seems to be slow growing. It could just accelerate and invade anywhere in the body rather quickly. So praise God for your healing, Jim. Yeah, I was, uh, of course, they had surgery right away because it's on top of my head mm-hmm. and uh, where a man bun should go if, if I was cool, <laughs> which thank God I'm not. So I didn't have a man bun, but I had melanoma instead. Uh, I was at Disney World at a radio conference when they called me and said, oh, you know, this is melanoma and it's out of our field, out of our scope. Uh, you're going to have to see a surgeon as soon as you come back. I mean, they, they kind of scared me a little, like I wasn't going to make it through the week. And then the surgeon said, I, I had no idea it was this big because, you know, PT4, I was two and a half times bigger than that. That wasn't uh, very encouraging, but I had surgery that week. And the weird thing is there was clear borders yes. and all the lymph nodes, which some of them were actually under my skull. So it took a little while, but they were all clean and they were shocked and I was happy. And, uh, but then a year and a half later, it came back like an eight different tumors uh you know one i feel my arm one was on my side and they took a biopsy and they say yep it's definitely melanoma juice as they called it mm. but then they put me on immunotherapy which i didn't know much about that but they were pretty excited they gave me the updevo and they said when it works it works great when it you know but there's no guarantee but i was healthy every other way i mean i've never had, had any surgery i've never been really sick anything serious Mm-hmm. And within two months, all the tumors disappeared. Is that is that normal? Well, like they said, you know, these uh, immunotherapies are called checkpoint inhibitors like Updiva. When they work, they work because uh, they target a specific mutation. And yeah. if that mutation is present in that individual with the, with the diagnosis, in your case, melanoma, then it will block those mutations and uh, have significantly good re- results like pretty quickly. The problem, as you said, is that uh, sometimes, you know, cancers and smart disease, uh, Dr. Sledge at Stanford, he calls some cancers stupid cancers and some cancers smart cancers. And melanoma is definitely in the category of smart cancers. They're very intelligent. It could bypass those mutations. So even if you're having the Updevo, it may not have effects for, you know, six or more months. It was actually a nice publication years ago, uh, particularly this, what you're talking about, Jim, where a patient had extensive melanoma lesions throughout his chest and abdomen. You could see them. They were like marbles. He yeah. got the checkpoint inhibitor or the uh, the drug to block that mutation. In, this, in his case, it was a KRAS mutation. And uh, within three months, the the, the chest and the abdomen were clear, like normal, right? No signs of disease. But right. then six months later, it came back with a vengeance because uh, yeah. it, it bypassed that mutation. So you've been, you've been very blessed. Yeah, I'm coming up on five years now mm-hmm. um, in, in August, I think. Okay. So, yeah, of course, obviously, I changed my diet and uh, cut out all sugar. Mm-hmm. Um I do a lot of juicing, but you know, so far I feel great and I haven't had any side effects mm-hmm. uh, other than, you know, sometimes my legs feel like I'm 98 years old and then the mm-hmm. next day they're fine. So they said that that's some of the side effects, but because it's sim- still semi new, they're not sure if it's uh, going to be with me forever or that's just something that'll pass. They just know very little about it. At least my doctor. 
But mm. uh, but I'm positive. About yeah, it. I'm positive that that can uh, be healed and reversed. Uh, one of the newest therapies that we've introduced that hope for cancer is oxygen and hydrogen inhalation. And mm. so with a nasal cannula, you're inhaling oxygen and hydrogen. And why am I saying this at this moment? Because there's a doctor in Japan, Dr. Akagi, A-K-A-G-I, who studied particularly Updebo, the medication you receive, the immunotherapy, with the hydrogen inhalation in patients with melanoma and other types of cancer. And those that received the hydrogen inhalation therapy together with the Updebo, that group of patients did much better than those patients that just received the Updebo by itself. Wow. So, and the combination of the two work better than either of the two by itself. So there's a lot to be said about using some of these immunotherapies very smartly, but as you mentioned, in combination with nutrition, with changing lifestyle, with the emotional, you know, uh, part of the disease process and uh, combining it with hydrogen inhalation is even better. Uh, So just uh, something I wanted to comment with respect to that. Right. Like if I would have known about you firsthand and I I came to your clinic down there, um, would you take that path, you think? Of course, I I realize you'd have to see me first, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we are, we're integrative physicians, you know, and we want the best, of course, for our patients. And sometimes with these fast growing or very, you know, you were a PT4, as you said, this means that, uh, you know, the, the melanoma was more than four millimeters thick, and that gives it a, a higher possibility of metastatic metastasis outside of that skull area. And even locally in those lymph nodes, they could go beyond there. Uh, so, yes, it's very likely that I would have done a combination therapy with... Um, using an immunotherapy like you did up Devo uh, and, uh, and everything else. I, I wrote a book. It's called Hope for Cancer, Seven mm-hmm. Principles to Remove Fear and Empower Your Healing Journey. And those seven key principles are key not only to for treatment, but also for uh, decreasing our likelihood or risk of developing cancer. So I say this because in answering your question, I would have given the Updebo with following the seven key principles of cancer therapy, some of which you did, the deto- the nutrition, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the others are emotional and spiritual healing, restoring the, the microbiome, oxygenation, uh, detoxification. And one of the things I've always said is we the most that we have to detoxify is our thoughts, right? Uh, and not believing the oncologist when he gives you uh, a prognosis, because that can that can be detrimental to our to our uh, healing and our favorable outcome. So detoxifying those negative thoughts and those that bad news <laughs> is given yeah. to you, and then of course uh, immunomodulation, full spectrum nutrition, and then the last one is a non toxic cancer therapy. So. That makes up those seven key principles. Yeah, I saw that on your website. And I know I know in my favor, I'm a very optimistic person. I just for some reason I just remember the good things. I hardly ever remember bad things that have happened to me or, you know, whatever. So I think that definitely worked in my favor because I'm mm-hmm. I'm just an optimist, uh, almost childlike. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think I've told this before, but I, you know, I was in radio at the time and I just kind of, I went on once the shock, of course, it's always a shock when you are tagged with cancer, so to speak. And, you know, and of course I cried like a baby for like an hour. And then I, I moved on like, okay, well, I got it. So let's just take care of it. So I went back on the radio and the fact that I was just positive about it and even joked a little bit about it, it encouraged other people because there's so many listeners, you know, we had 500,000 listeners. So thousands of them had cancer, according to statistics, it encouraged them the fact that I was just positive and acting like it's a cold or something like that, that encouraged them. And then, and their diagnosis kind of turned around because they were like, you know, I know one guy was given six months to live and he was just like ready to die. But yeah. you know, the fact that I was very optimistic encouraged him and he's, as far as I know, he's still going and it's been years. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, the lame aspect. I mean, you know, if we see a, we had a patient once Jim that came to our Tijuana center and the first thing he told me, he said, Dr. Tony, I have one month to live. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, why is that? He says, well, five months ago, my oncologist gave me six months to live. So I have a month left. And so I didn't rush him in to get his IV vitamin C or his hyperthermia treatment or anything. What I did was work with him on emotional and spiritual level, because if I didn't, if I didn't work at him changing that thought and that paradigm that was, you know, embedded into him, there's nothing anyone could do. And so that was the first uh, order of of work was to, you know, get him to that mindset of healing and, and hope and so forth. And thankfully that happened. And thankfully he did very well as, as well. And uh, I like the prayer that we did before coming on air that you, uh, in the prayer, you mentioned hope and direction. And one of the things I want all the audience to understand is that cancer is seldom a medical emergency. And Mm -hmm. so what that means is that it gives you time to research, to pray, you know, to seek counsel and to make a decision you know, that's educated decision, not based on fear, not based on being pressured by the medical system or by your spouse or a family member that loves you, right? And say, right. yeah, rush and go get the chemo right away. You need to do this. But wait a minute. Cancer is seldom a medical emergency. There's time for me to think and, and research it. And so that doesn't mean going to Mrs. Google uh, you know, I think Google is a female because she knows everything, right? So, <laughs> but doing your good research, right? Going to PubMed uh, uh, papers and talking to counsel, but more importantly, being guided by the Holy Spirit because that's hopefully cancer is a mission. It's, uh, of course, it's my passion and my work, but beyond that, it's a mission. This is a prophecy that was given to me. And uh, we start every day with praise and worship at our clinics, both in Tijuana and Cancun. That's how we start every day. And it gives us uh, discernment. It gives us wisdom, the whole medical team and nursing staff and everyone. Uh, And I'm not only saying praise and worship for the staff, for the patients. The patients are part of the big part of that, of course. And Mm -hmm. their companions uh, also partake in that uh, praise and worship. And we've had... um, even people of other denominations, patients of other denominations that have accepted the Lord during their stay at our clinic. So it's, wow. it's, 
really a, a huge uh, blessing to start the day with praise and worship, to have that optimistic, hopeful, uh, Holy Spirit-filled direction in, in that healing process. Yeah, man, that's incredible. I know after um, after I was cancer-free uh, or in remission, however they want to say it, they told me, I'm thank God they didn't tell me up front, they said, well, we really, you shouldn't have gone a month or two. You know, after we saw how big it was, you shouldn't have lasted a month or two. So like, eh, well, thanks for not telling me then, because that might have affected my brain a little bit. But Right. You're human, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then I thought, well, that was in October, so I thought, or September, I think it was. So I thought, well, I can save money on Christmas anyway. That would be the positive part of it. I, I do want to find out about how your paths crossed with Healing Strong. How'd that happen? Well, um, you know, it's it's it was uh, part of the divine uh, divine appointments because we've had uh, patients who are big parts of Healing Strong, and um, you know, uh, Kevin uh, and his wife. Uh, I think they were one of the first ones that uh, were part of Healing Strong, and his wife had uh, cancer as well, and Kevin and I are uh, good friends, uh, mm-hmm. so it's been uh, just meeting people, Kevin Campbell and his wife, right? Uh, so right. It's, it's coming across people and and even patients. You know, the more and more every year we've noticed that patients uh, know about Healing Strong or are part of Healing Strong. So it's just come into mm-hmm. our world many times. I don't actually honestly remember the first time. But yeah. it's uh, it's you know it's it's come to me many many times, and then partaking in the 2018 uh, conference was a highlight in in my career of all the conferences I've been to all over the world because uh, it was the one that you know we were free to to show how the Holy Spirit moves, right? Yeah, yeah, I, that's great. I'm glad I was at that one because that uh, left me with a lot of hope. So. Another thing I want to ask you, I remember you talked about it. I think Chris Wark actually uh, made you talk to tell a story, but how you met your wife, that's a pretty good story. Yes, well, I had just opened the Hope for Cancer Center in Tijuana, Mexico, in, in, as I said earlier, in the year 2000. And there was a little girl that came, six years old, that was diagnosed with leukemia in Illinois. And in Illinois, the oncologist, medical doctors there told the mom that there was a 50-50 chance of surviving if she had chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant. Mm. And if she survived, 100% that she wouldn't be able to have children. So the mom did not like that for her daughter. She's a spirit-filled person and, you know, believes that the Lord had something better for her daughter. And so she found her way to Hope for Cancer in Tijuana. This is three months after I had opened the the center there, the clinic. Uh And so to make a longer story story shorter, Whitney is now 28. She'll be 29 in October. And she has three children, Beckham, Bo, and Bearer. And she's pregnant with her fourth now, which will be Bloom. That's due on July 4th of this year. And uh, Whitney's mom, uh, Marcy, is my wife. <laughs> and that's how uh, we met. Uh, you know, there's some stories that uh, that she wasn't really... She told her mom 
that uh, who is who is that medical director there? You know, uh, so but uh, yeah, that's how we met in another divine appointment. And then Marcy has been my rock, and uh, you know, standing with me throughout this uh, twenty-three years now uh, since we met. And uh, I travel extensively. I just came back from Asia. We're actually, Jim. We're actually opening up our next center in the Philippines. Mm. In the Philippines, that will open in January of 2024, next year. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, it's a, a good group of people. Um, the Lord is present, a lot of believers in that group. And uh, and so we're just trusting the Lord that this is where he wants us to go next, uh, to spread the word and the treatments and give hope to many more. Uh, and Marcy has been next to me all this time. I think it was in the year 2020, 2020 or 2019 before the pandemic, I was only home 90 days that year, mm. 90 days. And so to have a wife that supports me and knows what, you know, my mission in life is and to do this together is so important because, uh, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be able to do this by myself with all the travel and knowing that she's here and taking care of other things that are needed in our lives. Yeah, you're, you're definitely a light in, in that dark part of the world where people think it's it's a death sentence, but you definitely bring a lot of hope. And, I, and of course, I'd encourage people to go to your website, which is hope and the number four, cancer.com. And there's so much information there. Uh, and you, you have so many doctors in your clinics. How many doctors you have on staff there? Yeah, in our Tijuana Center, we have over 20 physicians uh, wow. of different specialties. We have an interventional uh, radiologist and a radiologist who uh, reviews all the scans and does the ultrasounds on every patient that comes in. So we uh, internal medicine doctor on staff. And in our Cancun Center, uh, we have about nine doctors, also a radiologist, an internist, and really good integrative doctor. So that allows me, Jim, at this time in my career to supervise both clinics. I go to both clinics. Uh, uh, in the Cancun clinic, I go every month and I'm there for a week. They're called Dr. Tony Weeks. And they're mm -hmm. like amazing. They're, you know, we have patients, as I said, from all over the world and I get to do a Q&A with them. I do private consults with their assigned doctor. And the Tijuana Center, I go there about every month, every three months. Uh, it's uh, the first clinic that we open. We have a very, very good team there, physicians and nurses as well. So just a blessing. You know, at some point I, I realized that for us to help more patients and more people and give them hope and direction, I needed to go out and, and educate, uh, write a book, and um. The next book is coming out at the end of this year. It's called Emotions and Cancer and what the correlation is there, right? So that's very important as uh, my next book coming out this year. Okay, yeah. I think I have your first book. I definitely got to get this. You can get that on your website, right? Or on Amazon. Um, I've yeah, heard of that. Yeah, Amazon. <laughs> so it's Hope for Cancer, <laughs> Seven Principles to Remove Fear and Empower Your Healing Journey. And we're blessed, Jim. It's... Uh, Currently in Japanese, in English, of course, and now it's being translated into Russian, Romanian, German, 
in Mandarin Chinese. So wow. that is good. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. We have a lot of people listening to this podcast that have just gotten a recent diagnosis. And of course, they're going through that part where they're scared, they're confused, they just need direction. And of course, now there's so much information that it's overwhelming. You're thinking, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And then, which kind of paralyzes you uh, if you don't really know what you're doing. But what, what would you say to those people before we close out here? The first thing is to be still and uh, pray. And I say this wholeheartedly, you know, be still and pray and get some peace and work on the emotional and spiritual aspect. Take a breath and do your research. And humbly, I say that get my book, Hope for Cancer. Uh, this book is a compilation of 30 plus years of work. And if you follow these seven key principles, even if you do the conventional standard of care, you'll have a much, much better outcome. And uh, and these are things that you could start at home, you could do them at home, uh, or come to our center. Uh, unfortunately, Jim, 70% of our patients are stage four that have failed everything. And wow. that is getting better, though, because years ago it was a closer to 80%. So you know, people are becoming more educated. And we did a an internal retrospective study on a significant number of patients that came to us. And the patients that do better are those that do uh, uh, integrative medicine. That means the one that just did chemo, radiation, or surgery and come to us at those stages, they have less success than those that change your diet like you did, you know, change lifestyle. And then we have, we're not starting behind the eight ball, right? There's so much toxicity. So that doesn't mean that patients that have done all the conventional therapies without anything else don't have success. They can, but it just means that it takes much more effort and more time. So the message here is if you were diagnosed recently diagnosed, or if you are in remission, you know, uh, follow those seven key principles and um, and you will definitely do better. We, uh, we have long, longitudinal studies. We have quality of life studies. We have five-year survival studies, and we're, we're quite above uh, everyone that I've researched in the world. So we're very proud of that. And and it's, um, it's a blessing that God has uh, given me the ability to have uh, an extensive network. Uh, I'm working now with a physician. I can't say his name. He's uh, quite world-renowned uh, from Eastern Europe and also works in the U.S. And we're developing other modalities uh, of therapies uh, that are non-toxic and targeted. Uh, so there's a lot of... Uh, great things coming up either because, Jim, cancer is much more difficult now than when I started 30 plus years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. the world is more toxic and uh, cancers have mutated. They're more aggressive than ever before. And, you know, in the conventional world, chemo is the same as it was 20, 30 years ago. What's new are these immunotherapies, like you mentioned, the Updevo, the K-Trudas, the Jervois of the world. 
but also they come with a lot of toxicity. You are blessed that you handle them well and very little of any side effects. That was a a huge blessing because 46% of patients that have these immunotherapies have to abandon them because of moderate to severe toxicity. Well, I'm just, I thank the Lord that there are people like you in this world with a lot of brains. And uh, what impressed me about you at the convention was you you came across as very humble, not a false humility, but you were a humble man who loved God more than anything. Uh, but you also had a lot of knowledge. So I, I just thank God there are people like you out there and you're on our side. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Feeling strong. Uh, please uh, continue the work. And I was telling a friend before this podcast that, uh, you know, just not too many years ago, it was a small organization, right? A small group. And now it's in many countries, right, Jim? Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in Greenville, South Carolina. So I'll put my plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're obviously a very busy man, uh, changing the world for us. So we appreciate that. And of course, we want to invite people to go to your website, hopeforcancer.com. There's so much information there. And don't be overwhelmed. I know it's so easy these days to be overwhelmed, but, uh, you know, take those seven key principles and uh, just calm down, first of all, and Seek God first. And uh, God seems to know a lot of stuff, I found out. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Jim. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I hope to see you again. Okay. Blessings, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it brings you encouragement on wherever you are on your journey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a five-star rating and maybe say something good about Allie. She's so fragile. Also, if you haven't already, go to our website at healingstrong.org and check out the info on our 10-year celebration coming up September 29th and 30th at the Met Church in Houston. You don't want to miss that. And consider joining our membership program. Healing Strong is a nonprofit organization that depends on donations from friends like you that want to help us spread hope. And finally, if you're not in a group, you can find one near you, join a virtual one, or Learn how to start one of your own, like I did. All that information can be found at HealingStrong.org.